This Dharma talk was recorded at Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. Well, good evening again, everyone. This is our first class in our Prairie Mountain Zen Center winter course on gratitude, faith, and compassion. Thanks again to Jodo-san for encouraging our continued practice and study and the support of Prairie Mountain Zen Center. Gratitude, faith, and compassion are foundational practices that meet the challenges we face in this mortal life. Through his early encounters with old age, sickness, and death, young Gautama Buddha discovered the inescapable elements in the world of samsara. Impermanence is a distinctive feature for all mortal beings, yet humans in particular enhance the difficulty by way of dukkha, dissatisfaction, or as we often call it, suffering. Ultimately, at deep levels, we encounter various types of vulnerability from the very beginning of our life through to the very end. Naturally, this does not happen to each person in the same way. Some are stronger and healthier in body and mind. Others are not touched by losses and sorrows amongst those close to them, at least for a while. But others, like Ehe Dogen, or Buddha himself, lose family members when very young. The loss of a parent, particularly the mother, when still a very young human, can enhance one's sense of vulnerability, can impact one's trust that this world is stable and good and trustworthy. The pale cast of vulnerability falls widely across the sheen of this world. And the opportunities many others seek in life can seem hollow or meaningless next to this raw existential reality. When we reflect on our experiences, especially through our practice of Zazen, we begin to discover the suffering or dukkha that Buddha discovered and practiced with and transcended. Training in fundamentals of Buddhist practice, we begin to perceive the impermanence in all things, but specifically in our own body, speech, heart, mind. Observing the impermanence and non-self elements that constitute every apparently individual self we begin to see and understand the nature of this self and its suffering more clearly and keenly. Settling more deeply into what Dogen calls the study of the self, we see and understand that what we perceive as self actually manifests out of entirely non-self elements arising and falling away moment by moment. As Thich Nhat Hanh and others express it, no beginning, no ending. This can be very disconcerting, can undermine what has long seemed solid. 
what we perceived as self so long appears to fall away, empty. To such degree, one might feel unattached, floating without identity. Yet it actually manifests as key to awakening and key to letting go our tight grasp on self and its long established patterns and habits of suffering. By this direct observation of emptiness of self, we are freed and liberated into a wider, more flexible way of being and perceiving in this world. However, fear can arise when our sense of self is challenged and made vulnerable. As Pema Chodron notes, when things fall apart, it presents a great challenge to ourself and all that it's imagined as its own domain. Typically, we cling to what is familiar, thinking it will save us. Yet often this becomes a barrier to unfolding into a new stage, new awareness. We may not recognize this fear caught in reactivity to what causes the self to feel vulnerable. Instead, we can be driven by full defensive reactivity, driven to rationalize both speech and behavior, even if it is hurtful to ourselves and to others. These modes of behavior and speech are frequently so deeply habituated, we do not see them clearly. When caught in reactive patterns, we typically are just reacting, not reflecting mindfully on them. To actually admit that we are afraid takes considerable composure and inner quiet. But when we first come to practice, and even after many years, we may be triggered by immersion into the silence and stillness of Zazen may be triggered by the presence of our mind running amok, monkey mind, bouncing here and there, afraid. And sometimes we are so deeply afraid, we cannot admit our fear to ourselves, as it would contradict the image of self we are contriving to perpetuate and continue. For these reasons, Pema encourages practitioners to cultivate the inner warrior. This is not a warrior that fights back in the conventional sense, but rather one that summons the courage to stay put and open in the face of suddenly palpable fear and the sense that things fall apart. This is one reason why finding a sangha and a teacher can provide a strong foundation that is so important in the spiritual journey. Within the container of Sangha, an upright teacher, with a curriculum that provides introductory classes and the strong community of support, one can find it more easy to open more gently into meeting our fear and all the ways the self protects and defends. To find a group that supports a person this way is tremendously beneficial. We need the support of the Sangha, the collective energy 
as well as the palpable intention to continue the investigation and study of the self with all its warts and flaws and habituated patterns. Yet meeting this in the company of Sangha can be difficult. Attempting to meet it alone can either be overwhelming or almost impossible, for there are many ways we try to escape or hide or deflect our difficulties. Recall how Gautama Buddha himself struggled with various models of spiritual exploration, failing first at intellectual study, then later at asceticism. Surviving this latter attempt, his five Sangha members rejected him for being weak and abandoning their practice. It was only through rigorous trial and error and the support of a wider Mahasangha that he came back to sitting upright beneath the Bodhi tree, discovering the middle way. When we settle into these foundational trainings with the support of teacher and Sangha, our heart begins to open. Gratitude starts to awaken. A warm place opens in our heart where before it may have felt cold with fear or hot with anger and reactivity. Now a softening can occur and a natural gratitude arise as we see for ourselves with our own eyes the benefits of practice and training. Inspired by practice within ourselves and amongst fellow Sangha members, our eye of Dharma begins to open. And we enter this stage that Sharon Salzberg calls bright faith in her book on the subject. Here's the Sharon Salzberg one. This is a beautiful blossoming, supportive in enhancing our practice and directing us as practitioners to deepen our inquiry and practice-based explorations, especially if coming to this stage after long suffering. Our gratitude can be truly profound and expansive. Yet, gradually it must be tempered over time so we may direct ourselves towards the deepening of our practice and the sustaining of the study of the self. This is where a mature teacher can strongly encourage students to enhance practice by venturing away on retreat or session in Zen Buddhist practice. It can also be helpful to be guided to inquire in certain specific directions that a teacher who knows a practitioner well can direct in helpful ways. To dive deeply into monastic training can also deepen and intensify the investigation, plunging practitioners into deeper realms of silence and stillness. When committed to a long retreat, a practitioner falls into the relentless schedule in a way that breaks down the self and pushes it against a wall. Here one may face even deeper suffering, 
even deeper isolation than before. In this case, gratitude can feel very far away when confronted by the unrelenting aspects of zazen and accumulating fatigue. And yet, it drives the self into a corner, a place where the practitioner can be with the self as it meets its own reactivity, fear, anger, even bitterness that we chose such a path. We might, that self, ask, what good is this anyway? What are we doing here? Why should one sit here hour after hour, facing deeply into one's suffering? When a practitioner reaches this stage, it does become evident that the spiritual journey is difficult and hard and does not easily yield results. And the shiny gratitude that seemed to blossom naturally of its own accord can seem far away. Here, we need to practice gratitude in very direct ways, with very simple, tangible things. Simply feeling gratitude for the warmth of our bed or our sleeping bag, holding a hot cup of coffee or tea in one's hands, giving thanks for the simple beauty of the zendo. Again, the practitioner may have to summon her inner warrior in order to persist and complete a retreat or practice like this. Yet this can be a profoundly fruitful period, opening into new discoveries that are like vistas we hadn't really dreamed of before. To persist and complete a retreat or a session like this deepens our practice and opens us into experiences of awakening that resonate deep into the spiritual journey as a whole. We never forget the taste, the feeling tone, when we touch that kind of practice, or maybe rather it touches us somehow. As real clarity and equanimity develop, we move into a more mature kind of gratitude. This kind of gratitude can be cultivated and deepened as a central focus of our practice. Zen does not often focus on this element. And yet, for Western practitioners, it can be highly beneficial, a cultivation of open-hearted, open-minded practice, grounded in the understanding and realization of emptiness, establishing silence and stillness, we see and understand emptiness of the self, see and understand fundamental impermanence in all supposed things. And this allows us to settle more calmly and completely into present moment, observing all things arising out of emptiness and falling away. No thing whatsoever has intrinsic permanence or permanent self, but things arise and manifest moment by moment becomes the foundation of gratitude in every moment. One way to cultivate this practice is something we can all try 
even if we don't have a garden of our own, we might be able to visit one in a nearby park. Of course, this could be seasonally dependent, but try sitting in a nearby garden, allow all things to be quiet and still. If necessary, sit zazen at home first, then sit in the garden. If possible, sit on the ground like Buddha. Coming to the garden after sustained zazen, ground yourself on the earth. Take a stone in your hand, roll it between your fingers, feeling the earth gritty in your skin. Feel the stone for its hardness, its solidity. Feel the ground beneath you absorbing everything, all emotions, light, water, heat, leaves, grasses, trees, shrubs, your own body and presence. Without the earth, without the sun, the water, the soil, none of your elements of self or any self could arise. Allow the earth, grasses, trees, and shrubs to simply be with your own being among them. Feel the ground with your hand. Touch its earthiness without any agendas, thoughts, opinions, or arguments. Allow emotions to arise and fall away into earth, into the vast, empty, yet grounded body of earth to receive all of it. Do not force or impose any thought. Allow them to fall away to earth. Feel gravity settling you and your body here and now. Do not hurry. Bring your concentration to your hara, settled there on the earth. Appreciate the groundedness of your body's being, its stability enhanced by earth. When at last you rise, rise slowly and deliberately. Walk mindfully and slowly after bowing to the earth where you sat. Cultivate gratitude for your ability to walk through the air you breathe. Extend gratitude to the trees, grasses, and shrubs. Allow them to support you completely as they do. See more clearly how they always support you and all living beings, along with the earth and air, the water and soil. Without their support, we could not be at all. When you enter your home, bow again to Buddha on the altar. Allow gratitude to seep from your heart's core outwards, extending upwards into mind, outwards into your fingers, downwards into legs and toes and the earth you stand upon. Cultivating gratitude for earth is a practice for all beings. Practicing gratitude transforms our relationship with all beings actively in every moment. It opens body, heart, mind to abundance of gifts granted by birth into this world. It is an active practice, engaging our mind through our dharma eye 
understanding the opportunity for awakening that manifests through this body, heart, mind, and this moment. Setting our intention to practice gratitude in this active way helps orient us to practice in every moment. This is not easy for the world is full of noises, especially in our own minds, but not only. Zazen is the foundation of Zen Buddhist practice. Cultivating upright, mindful practice. We establish this because most of the time we are unaware of the qualities of our mind, our thoughts, emotions, speech, and behavior. And this is evident not only for modern people in the West, but for all people throughout all time. The radical nature of the Buddha's middle way is its discovery of this profound and thoroughgoing method that enables us to see into the wild, ungoverned nature of mind, all our ancient twisted karma, the suffering that we create, while it simultaneously settles us into equanimity and upright stability. Yet practice must be cultivated and sustained in order to to realize this awakening fully. Dogen understood this when he described practice enlightenment, the mutually interdependent relationship that must be cultivated actively. To imagine that we will always have enlightenment is a mistake, though often deeply desired. We often desire a permanent state of awakened mind, yet Buddha way reveals impermanence applies to all things, including Buddha Dharma, including our understanding, our consciousness. It is certainly true, profound awakening transforms human consciousness. And it is also true, our brains are plastic, responding to continuous training and development. Just like our bodies can fall out of shape, so can our minds, our practice. So our practice is a constant active engagement of this awakened mind, which is why any moment of practice is a moment of enlightenment. Practice is the way of enlightenment. To realize this is also to realize that the nature of mind is flexible, impermanent, and always changing. Therefore, we cultivate mindful awareness of this body-heart-mind constantly. As Dogen writes in Fukan Zazengi, you should therefore cease from practice based on intellectual understanding, pursuing words and following after speech, and learn the backward step that turns your light inward to illuminate yourself. To enter deeply into this practice it does help to practice session, to go on retreat. Entering samadhi, we experience a falling away of thinking mind and awareness of separate self. Hangzhu Zhengzhui expresses it in this manner. The field of boundless emptiness is what exists from the beginning. You must purify, cure, grind down, or brush away all the tendencies you have fabricated into apparent habits. 
then you can reside in the clear circle of brightness. Utter emptiness has no image. Upright independence does not rely on anything. However, falling out of samadhi actually occurs, just like the arising of death out of life. We cannot stay permanently in any condition. Therefore, we cultivate practice. Falling out of samadhi, however, is important, both in helping us to awaken deeper understanding of impermanence and in awakening gratitude and energy for practice. Recognizing impermanence more deeply, we acknowledge we cannot force our mind into any state. Thus, we return more deliberately and committedly to practice, grateful to having encountered the way, the conditions that arose in our life that allowed it to manifest. In the midst of suffering, fear, vulnerability, distress, and confusion, the way appears, the way unfolds. Here's how Hangzhou concludes that section. Just expand and illuminate the original truth unconcerned by external conditions. Accordingly, we are told to realize that not a single thing exists. In this field, birth and death do not appear. The deep source, transparent down to the bottom, can radiantly shine and respond unencumbered to each speck of dust without becoming its partner. The subtlety of seeing and hearing transcends mere colors and sounds. The whole affair functions without leaving traces and mirrors without obscurations. Very naturally, mind and dharmas emerge and harmonize. An ancient said that non-mind enacts and fulfills the way of non-mind. Thank you. You've been listening to a Dharma Talk from Prairie Mountain Zen Center in Longmont, Colorado. To learn more about us or to make a donation, visit us at prairiemountain.org.